With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Backpack Broadcasting continues to bring you the best original sports content, but now you can get more of the content you love. For as little as $3 a month, you can get access to bonus content, including behind-the-scenes footage and interviews from the Sports Walk, Sideline Stories, or the Ain't Hard to Tell podcast. All this exclusive content comes via Patreon. There are tiered levels of patronage, and each Backpack Broadcasting patron receives exclusive perks. Your support helps Backpack Broadcasting create more of the original content that you love. Visit Backpack Broadcasting's Patreon page and become patreon today Hard to Tell podcast, episode 118. We are all still quarantining, staying indoors, being safe. Dexter Henry, Brian Fonseca. And we have one, one of my favorite people, uh, the great Marley Rivera, baseball, senior baseball writer. You're senior baseball writer now, right? Yes, I, I don't know. Maybe because I'm old. No, <laughs> <laughs> definitely senior. <laughs> That's like become Not a running I'm theme. Only because I'm old. No, no, you, you are absolutely important. Senior baseball writer for ESPN, Marley. How are you? We're doing all right. You know, we're all New Yorkers, so we're just hanging in there, right, and uh, doing what we have to do, uh, staying at home to uh, to curb this and let's say the words that we all know, flatten the curve, and uh, and hopefully have some sports soon. But it's just certainly isn't looking good at this point. So we'll see how it goes. Yeah, it's definitely a weird time without sports. Yes. Brian and I have been trying to, uh, you know, hang on. Last time we had you on, we talked a ton about you and your career and everything. But it's a weird time because at this time of year, we'd have been talking to you about the season starting last yes. week or the first week of the season or what we thought about the Mets and Yankees and all this other yep. stuff. Um, I guess the first question on everybody's mind is this. Will there, do you think there will be a Major League Baseball season? I have to say that I was really hopeful. That, and I'm going to be, you guys know that I'm always very, very honest. Right. So I've been really hopeful through all of this, like the last couple of weeks, but the last couple of days, I'm starting a little bit to lose my hope. And one of the things that has led me to lose the hope is to hear certain places, like, for example, Canada having their, you know, their venues closed until June 
And one of the most shocking ones actually happened precisely you know, today, which was with Wimbledon being canceled, which as we well know, the finals are the first week of July. So when you start seeing these major sports uh, right, venues and events uh, being closed, it sort of starts eroding your hope and you start feeling like, oh shoot, maybe uh, all this hope that I was having was completely unreal and we may not have a season. So I'm still, I'm still hopeful that, the, that we will, but the latest, uh, the, the latest news just it doesn't bide well. How weird is it for you? Because I know I, <laughs> we were texting and I talked to you maybe in, I think, late February, early yes. March. You know, you're going to spring training yeah. and you do all that, but then you had to come back home and now you're not doing anything at all in terms well, of baseball. It's not like I'm not doing anything. Right, I, still right. have, I am still employed. Yes. So and you're far. still working. We'll talk about articles. You are we'll still working. We'll talk about that later. Yeah. Yeah, I still, yeah. You know, we still have to, I'm still required to write, you know, so I still kind of reach over, you know, people over the phone. But like you said, this is today would have been opening day at Yankee Stadium. That's precisely what would have been talked about. You know, we didn't mm. know maybe if they had extended the schedule because they had an off day, maybe Garrett Cole would be pitching in his second uh, start as a Yankee. And we probably would have been talking about that. And now, um, you know, March 13th, everything got shut down. I stayed another extra week in Tampa. So we stayed till about the 20th and then flew back to New York because we're a little concerned about the travel. And obviously we know that that was the right decision uh, at this point, but yeah, definitely this is the weirdest, uh, spring i've ever had and and it really in a weird way i just don't know what to do with myself marley if we do see uh baseball games being played at some point this summer fingers crossed of course um what could you potentially see that looking like are you expecting you know maybe if let's say we start july 1st is it empty arenas Yeah, I mean, empty stadiums for the first month and change. Like, what is that sort of, what could that sort of look like? I think that's sort of the blueprint that we have right now. You're absolutely on the right track, Brian. I don't think if we are going to have games in July, which is sort of the best case scenario for MLB, as we well know, there's nothing certain, right? We know nothing. And and as you guys know, we haven't even seen the worst of of this pandemic. So we're bracing for that and waiting to see what the, the Center for Disease Control actually tells us, right? But if, if we're going to go in a best case scenario, which is what we should do, right, just stay hopeful, that we start in July, I don't see how you get uh, a stadium full of 45,000 fans. I just don't see it, right? It's, uh, it's going to be a very, we already know that the Olympics are canceled and the Olympics were in August, right? Like the core, obviously there were Olympics in July, right? Like it started in July, but the core of the Olympics is August and that's canceled. And it was precisely, not only because the, the athletes can't train right now. As you guys know, that was actually the first thing that Olympic athletes don't really have places to train. So it'd be incredibly unfair for them to go and, and be prone to injury, even like not even about competition injury. But the main thing is it was about the great crowds that they're trying to limit. And I don't see them, Brian. I don't see great crowds in July. I do think that if baseball starts, I think we will start with, uh, with empty stadiums. I know, I know nothing under right, right. This right. is just a guess of how right. But the thing that also makes it difficult is that, like, with baseball compared to other sports, it's going to be harder for just the athletes to get in that rhythm again, right? Because then we <laughs> yeah. also have to weigh that. Like, how long is it going to take to, you know, get your swing? And so that these guys aren't out pulling hamstrings and playing the worst baseball we've ever seen. So how do you think, how do you think there's that impact as well 
just sort of weighing into when this can eventually start, if we can even get started. Well, that's a very good point. And it's like, and I, pardon me, because my phone's it's on. My phone is on, so I'm turning it on. Well, you're, you're right. You're busy. You see, writing. this is live, people. Yeah, this yeah. yeah. <laughs> it was, it's my colleague, Alden Gonzalez. There you go. You can see. There you <laughs> go. I'll talk to you later, Alden. But um, I think that one of the things that you just mentioned, one of the things that's been thrown around is to do it pay-per-view, right? And, um, and that's going to be interesting to play without fans. Uh, I've had the opportunity to speak to like players like Zach Britton and Adam Jones who played in that Baltimore game, right? You guys remember when, yeah. uh, when, when, this, when everything was kind of, you know, in the city of Baltimore, things were not going very well and they had to close everything and it didn't allow fans in the stadium. And one of the things that Zach Britton said was the most amazing thing I've heard from a player. He said, from the bullpen, we could hear Gary Thorne, our play-by-play guy calling the game they could hear it in the bullpen (laughs) it's just extraordinary to hear things like this right and then to your point dex i'm sorry brian and dex the point is like these players are going to need a second spring training right like they have to prepare and it's and it's funny because uh as you guys know i talked to a bunch of managers last week i talked about 20 of them and i put 15 in a story yeah we're gonna get to that and Mm -hmm. some of them would say uh well some of the pitchers are gonna have a harder time but most of them said that if we start in July, we'll see if that happens, the shorter period of time actually affects the hitters and the, and the position players because you have no one to, where are you going to taste on ground balls, right? right. Like where, yeah. who's going to hit ground balls to you? Going to get your timing in a cage. It's just really, really hard. Now pitchers have an entirely different situation and the longer this, you know, goes on and the longer we don't play baseball, it sucks for pitchers because they have no yeah. idea. You always work towards a specific target date, right? You go to our, okay, this is report day for pitchers and catchers. A week later, I'm going to throw my first bullpen. Three later, days later, I'm going to throw the first side session. I'm going to throw another bullpen. It goes like that, right? I have my first start when I throw 30 pitches. Then I have my second start when I throw 50, blah, 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 leading yeah. up to opening day. That's over. And yeah. not only that, we have no idea what's going to happen. How does the pitcher stay fit? How do, uh, what yeah. do they do? I mean, really, I mean, they're first world problems. Let's be very, very clear. <laughs> right, right, yeah, right? yeah. But, There's bigger things going on, right? You know, how, what, what do they do? What is, what is, you know, the Yankees just paid $324 million for Garrett Cole. And, yeah. and you can't risk Garrett Cole getting an injury. So yeah. it's going to be interesting what they decide to do. So, and then what? Noah Syndergaard gets hurt during the quarantine. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, like he gets Tommy John, just like uh, Chris Sale too. Yeah, he's like, yeah, I'm gonna just get, I'm gonna just get this out the way now. Yeah, as well. he's like, you I'm gonna just get it out the way now. Harley, <laughs> I wanted to ask you too because yeah. when you were down in spring training, and it's weird because at the time before you came back, you know, you spent that extra week in Tampa. All this is starting to sort of yeah. bubble. What I, I know, there was a time where they closed off locker room. I mean, the clubhouse, and you were not able to talk to the yes. players. But what did you hear from yeah. that time about the uncertainty? There was so much uncertainty, obviously, in the world going on. Well, and the, the funny thing is, like, as you guys know, a couple of days before, before everything was shut down, and, and one of the things that prompted the full shutdown were not only CDC uh, recommendations, right, of not no gatherings of over 10 people, so that's sort of where it started, but also the fact that minor leaguers tested positive. That was really, really important because there were no baseball players that had tested positive and the Yankees had two very young minor leaguers test positive. Now we know that the Boston Red Sox have also a minor leaguer, but we only heard of three. And you guys know that by mathematics, just think about there are 30 major league 
teams with 40 players just on the 40-man roster, right? There's about 60 players in spring training. You're going to tell me that 1,500 players just by numbers, no one has it? We just don't know, right? And we know now that everything is asymptomatic, which is kind of interesting to know that, right, that you could have it and not know the, the coronavirus. But it was just so strange in the beginning to not be able to be in the clubhouse with them. But I have to say, Dex, and you guys know this, Brian, too, yeah. they loved it. They're like, oh, we don't have to talk to the press. This is awesome. We can right. just hang out in here and not have to talk to them. And then after a few days later, when everything shuts down and you start texting with these players that they actually tell you that they miss interaction with me members of the media, that they miss reading stuff about their teams. Because mm. one of the things, one of the phenomenons that's happening is that no one wants to read about the coronavirus anymore. They actually want to read about yep. their favorite athletes. They want to read, and we have nothing to say because right. nothing is going on. Like, what, what am I going to tell you? So it's been, a, it's been, let's just say, a struggle. But in the beginning, Dex, the athletes were pretty happy we weren't in that clubhouse. We were in that clubhouse. Yeah, that, that's, that's really interesting. I want to go back to one other thing before we, yeah. we get to the article you wrote, too. A lot of the attention before, I thought this season was going to be very interesting, Marley, because you had everything that went on yes. with the Astros. And I was like, I wanted to see how teams were going to handle it, things with them during the season. <laughs> I don't mean to – I'm not making a lot of the coronavirus in any way, but do you think this is kind of no, taking no, no. some of the – taking okay. some of the, yeah. it's taking some of the focus off the Astros of if and when baseball returns? A hundred percent. I mean, this was one of, the, one of the ways we joked around, and we have to. This doesn't mean that we are not taking this seriously. Right. You know, these are three people that are stuck in their homes in New York who would rather be covering baseball, right? So yeah. we're very <laughs> clear. One of them with an Astros shirt. <laughs> we're, just gonna, we're just not going to mention see, it. Marley, do you see my shirt? Did you see the shirt? I see it. I was like, uh, oh, my God. That's uh -huh. cool. Do you have a tattoo, too, right here? No, 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 But Dex, you're right. And one of the things that we joked around was that no one was more thankful for the coronavirus than the Astros. Like, mm -hmm. who cares now that you had some trash banging and that you stole some signs? I mean, Nobody. even today, we had uh, the owner of the Astros, the millionaire Jim Crane, who you guys know I've had some exchanges with, may or may not be out there during pressers, oh. did some wonderful work of donation and donating a bunch of money and getting PPE and getting all this stuff, right, that we've come to learn and all the tests. And, and I actually tweeted exactly those words, who cares about mm. them, them stealing signs now? All that matters is that everyone is together trying to solve this problem. So Dex, you know what? Even though we're making a lot of it, there are two, two, two teams, in my opinion, that are very happy about this, happy. Right. Yes. Let's see. Let's say who benefit from this. Benefited. Yes. Number one, the New York Yankees, who have a bunch of injuries. And now all of a sudden, if there is a season, they're going to be the healthiest team in baseball. All of a sudden, even though they had like six injured players mm -hmm. starting, you know, with, as we know, a, a Tommy John surgery for Luis Severino and, and ending with, you know, a broken rib, a fractured rib for Aaron Judge. So obviously they're going to be very healthy. And the Houston Astros that, of course, everyone stopped talking about that. And not only that. In a reduced schedule, right, we don't know what's going to happen. There's a lot of talk about 120 games, right? That's sort of the number that's thrown out there. In a 120-game schedule, you can't play. You are probably not going to do interleague or very, very limited interleague, and you probably will not play every team from other divisions. So right. maybe the Yankees will not play the Astros. We don't know that, mm. right? The Astros are in the West. The Yankees are in the AL East. The priority is to play your division. 
So it's going to be interesting, right? The Astros are not going to get booed all over the place because people may have their priorities straight. So absolutely, you know, like, you know, the people wearing the shirt that you're wearing on right now, they're, they're pretty happy about this. You know, happy <laughs> as happy as you can be. I yeah, mean, yeah. Even the ones, even the ones saying, you know, Houston Ascarix and all that stuff, that, that talk's really gone away. Um, yeah. It's going to be, it's going to be, it's, no, nobody cares. I mean, obviously, to be all, in all seriousness, there's much bigger things going on in the world. And yes. I care about the health of everybody here and those, and those players. Marley, the article you just, you wrote on ESPN, um, where you talk to all these different managers about how they are communicating with it took a team. long time. <laughs> yeah, I did, I'm sure it was, I'm sure it was a, a lot, lot of, of people. And you got a lot of people in I there. Did. Um, I, f- I found it interesting in how a lot of them are using technology, like we are right yeah. now, using like, Zoom, yeah. Zoom or Skype to do to do this. For podcast. the record, I had no idea how to do this. They had to teach me. Oh, uh, don't don't okay. don't. We, see, we don't put yourself out there like that. <laughs> this is my first Zoom call. I feel very very hip. Oh man. <laughs> Brian, your mic is out again. Oh, his mic, his mic comes out. I'm supposed to be the moron here. What's going on, Brian? No, I was, I was literally just saying this is my first Zoom call, also, and then my mic just went out. I don't oh, know so why that happened. Zoom virgins. You guys Yay. are Zoom yeah. virgins. <laughs> ah, okay. okay. Wait, before before we get to your ESPN story, Marley, I did have one question. Please. Um, you mentioned the 120 games sort of being this whatever, yeah, 120, number. 140, the, the figures I, that they're throwing around, well, right? We well, I was gonna, yeah. I was gonna ask what what are the numbers that they're throwing around? What's sort of that minimum number? Is it even yeah. as low as say 80 or 100? No, the minimum number that's been thrown around that I've heard right has been 100. I don't think right. that they think that a season that has less than 100 games is a legitimate season. Now, I mean, that could be up for debate, right? But it is, it is actually possible that if they play in July, and we don't know this, right? But we are going to guess that it's able to play in July. And they are, you know, the players and the MLBPA has already said that they are willing to play until, you know, Thanksgiving, until the last week of November. And that comes with an entire set of other problems, right? Yeah, you can yes. fit in 140 games, right? It's 140 games in 140 days. It's insane. You're going to need a bunch of double headers. You're going to have to be very careful, most importantly, with extra inning games. You're going to have to cut them off. You can't go on. So there's talks of ending extra inning games in the 11th inning, in the 10th inning, ending in a tie. Yes, a tie in baseball. So things like that that are being talked about because you have to protect these players' bodies. So right now, the numbers being thrown around that I've heard, it's 120 and 140, right? Interesting, wow. too. So, so Marley, that I, yeah, I think yeah. that those numbers are interesting too. Uh, yeah. And baseball in no, late into November, whoo, that's uh, nobody wants. I that. mean, Mark I Tashera. mean, Marta Shera went on ESPN. As you guys know, it's kind of weird because obviously I covered Mark, and now Texas is my teammate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's a little bit strange, you know. It, it, it's been a it's been a transition. But um, with Mark, he goes. He was telling. He was, I think, on on Trey on Wingo's show, and he goes, "I am watching. I'm going to be watching the Cowboys on Thanksgiving." So. <laughs> Not good for baseball. They don't want that. I think a lot of people are going to feel that way. Yeah. No, they're yeah. going to be no, weird. The Sports Walk is back. Watch season three of Backpack Broadcasting's original web series that brings you the opinions of real sports fans. The first two seasons and current season are available now for viewing on the Sports Walk YouTube channel and Facebook page. Check out the 2017 NYC WebFest official selection and see what other sports fans have to say on the hottest issues in sports today. It's easy. Just take the Sports Walk.
talk to these managers about how yeah. they're communicating with their team at this time, right? Because, you know, you can't be with this team. You want to see how your players are. are they still able to players can't really work out. Most of them can't, right? So no. how yeah. are these managers from your – what you got from your article, did you find creative ways these guys are communicating with their team or was it kind of all the same across Absolutely. the Absolutely. Yeah, and every team has like a different style, but I heard sort of like three different ways that were sort of repeated amongst all of them. The number one, of course, that we know is creating groups. Like they have a lot of text groups mm. and they also have an, uh, an app actually in Major League Baseball and that I believe it's used in other professional sports too. So I believe the NBA also has it, which is called Teamworks. Teamworks and this yeah. app is, a, is an individual and it's, it's a highly protected app. So you actually can't uh, kind of send that information elsewhere. And it's where the teams provide the general information to every player, right? So every player, if there's stuff that everyone needs to know in the organization, it goes through that. They're also chat groups. So that's one of the things that they're doing, a lot of chat groups. And then uh, uh, there's other teams, for example, that are really ahead in technologies. So for example, the Blue Jays have a website where Charlie Montoya or any of the coaches can go in and check what every player is doing. Like there's mm. actually all these updates and so on. And the Mets are being super proactive and are using Zoom on a daily basis. No, they have like- They do better than you. Zoom. And one of the things that, you know, they're trying to do is because you need this, right? In baseball, you need to see the people's faces. And, yeah. uh, and I think they're starting to do this. There's a lot of FaceTiming and so on. So, so absolutely taking advantage of technology has been really, really big for them. How are the, one of my concerns when I'm thinking about this mm -hmm. is baseball sport that has a large Latino presence. Yes. Or the Latino players that maybe live home in the off season or their families back home. How are they dealing with things here in the States? Cause I worry <clears throat> about them and their families. It's terrible. I mean, one of the, the, the main, obviously a lot of the players that reside, I'm, I'm going to go right by like sort of the major groups of players. Right. So the major group in, in major league baseball are Dominican players. There's over a hundred Dominican players last opening day, which is the first time that, over 100 foreign-born players have been on 40-man rosters, so outstanding mm. for the Dominican Republic. But a lot of the Dominican players went home because they have, you know, off-season homes and they have a home in the Dominican, and the Dominican is doing a little bit better, right, than the numbers are over here. Just a little bit better. We're not saying that it's that it's great, but it's a little bit better. So a lot of them went back, and not only that, most of them have their facilities where they work out over there. So a lot of Dominican guys have gone there. Now come the Venezuelan guys, where there's over 70 of them. And that's where the problem is. Venezuela is going through such an incredible political and social crisis, yeah. they can't go back. So that mm. has been the biggest problem. And right now, and probably you're getting ahead of yourself, Dex. We're working on that right now. Working oh. on the big story. It'll be on ESPN.com in a few weeks. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's a tease. There's a but tease I'll, give you, I'll give you a preview. Right? Okay. One of the things that a lot of teams are helping them out. Teams are having to rent apartments, having to extend hotel room stays for all these guys that can't go home. Right. And a lot of them are the, and not only that, their own teammates, right? Because there are established Venezuelan players that make a lot of money. So they're helping out some of their own teammates. So that's that's sort of what's happening with the Venezuelan guy guys. Now, the Asian guys have an entire different set of problems, right? The Korean guys don't want to go, you know, back home because in mm. Korea there was such a huge problem. And also because once you travel, you have to quarantine yourself for two weeks and then they don't really know when they have to come back. So, and it's not like you get on a two hour plane ride, right? You get on an 18 hour plane ride to go to Korea or to Japan. So that's an entire different, you know, category of problems. And uh, we just learned today that Masahiro Tanaka decided to just go home because he believes oh. that 
that that the United States are really not dealing very well with the coronavirus and that he believes that Japan is doing a better job. So he's like, I'm going to go with my four-year-old, my one-year-old and my wife, and we're going to go back to Japan. And that's what he's chosen to do. So some players that are millionaires, like Masahiro Tanaka, who can probably, you know, rent a jet and head over, are trying to do these things. But the Venezuelan kids who are trying to make a team, right, who are not established players, are right now kind of stuck. But one of the great things that we're seeing is that the teams are helping. So the teams are providing them with food, they're providing them with shelter, and now there's been all these funds now for especially minor league players. Because remember, the minor league yeah. season is also done, and that's where the problem is. We already know that minor league players make nothing, right? They make below a, 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 a living wage. I mean, it's right. a terrible, terrible situation for them, and now they're making nothing. So now they're trying to help them. There's a lot of help from teams. And you're right, Dex. I mean, the international players, particularly the Venezuelans, are going through a really tough time. Yeah, no, I'm glad you're going to be doing a story to address that. Yeah, that's yeah. Right. We'll yeah. And, yeah. <laughs> I noticed that in, in the ESPN story also that when you asked them, you know, how will this crisis ultimately, like, impact baseball, a lot of That was my people, favorite question. Yeah. yeah, and a lot of people gave some sort of optimistic answers where, yeah, yes. they were honest about just, okay, yeah, this sucks for the time being, but a lot of people use the word appreciation and how, yes. you know, this is going to be had throughout all this. I sort of get that same feeling just about everything in general. Like, we're going to appreciate going outside, Absolutely. we're going to appreciate these things. But is that a feeling that's shared throughout baseball, not just – you know, that's only displayed in your piece, but just throughout everyone that you've spoken to, managers, players, and otherwise throughout the sport, that there's going to be more of an appreciation for it? Yeah, 100%, Brian. One of the things that I was, uh, I was on the phone with Craig Council, and I think I made the same joke with Tori Lovello, so now if they see this, they'll be like, Marley, you're telling us the same jokes. But <laughs> it was, <laughs> I have complained, you know, this is my 15th year during covering baseball, 14. And um, I have complained incessantly about four-hour and 45-minute Yankees-Red Sox games oh, on a Sunday. Oh, we've talked about that many times. And it's like, this is the worst. And I promise, Tori Lovello, and I promise, Craig <laughs> Council, that I will never complain about the length of a baseball game ever again. And that's where it comes to the appreciation. Everybody thinks, you know, we miss it so much. And we never thought this was possible, right? There was a strike. We know the strike season happened. We know exactly what that did to baseball and the changes that came out of it. And they were necessary because that's why the MLBPA is so strong, right? That's why it's the strongest union in sports. That's why Major League players, contrary to all the other ones, have guaranteed baseball contracts, right? These are a lot of the things that came out of that. But it wasn't due to a global pandemic where people are dying. So we could never even picture this ever happening. And it's just this, this sense of how much we miss it. And, and some of the guys mentioned 9-11, especially the guys who played through that, like Joe Girardi, Aaron Boone, uh, right. Council, and, and all these guys, uh, um, Davey Martinez, and all these guys were talking about how that little week that they didn't play baseball for, right? In New York, we started playing baseball again on September 21st, the famous Piazza walk-off home run. And when that happened, it was only 10 days with no baseball. And it yep. was this appreciation. Just imagine now. This is months. We don't even know what kind of season we're going to have. So all of them, every one of them. And, and remember, guys, because I talked to so many people, the quotes are really, really, they've been really trimmed. Like, it's, you know, because I talked to the guys for maybe half an hour, each one of them, 20 minutes, each one of them. So the quotes are really, really trimmed. Every one of them talked about appreciating the game. Right. It's just that we added different quotes because some of them talked about the technical aspects of the game that could change, which is also interesting. And you didn't want to get repetitive in the story of, oh, yay, we love baseball. 
Right. But um, one of the most beautiful things that I read was that it's going to be the best opening day we've ever had. And I think that that's sort of why Major League Baseball is aiming for July, why they kind of may want to do it on the 4th of July if it does work. Because, you know, the 4th of July and, and the summer is equivalent to baseball. And it's like, you know, we, we don't have this anymore. It was the only time that people actually pay attention to baseball. Because the NBA finals are done, right? right? So it's like, oh, it's June, NBA is done, blah, blah. The Lakers won. Ah, it happened. <laughs> right. We're paying attention to baseball until the workouts happen for the NFL in September. Or mm -hmm. until, you know, or until college football starts. And then September, no one pays attention until the World Series again. So there are these two months, July and August, that belong to baseball that, like, what are we going to do? So the appreciation that people feel and how much we miss it, it really is. It was it was palpable. I mean, these guys were like choking up mm. about how much, uh, how much they miss it. A guy like Bud Black, who spent an entire career in the game, or, or Brian Snitker, you know, these are guys in their 60s going like, this is, you know, I never knew that this could happen to me, and I, and I, and I miss it so much. So it's been, a, it's been quite a lesson, and for me too, because I think that sometimes we get, especially old baseball writers like me, we get a little bit jaded. I mean, I still think that I have an appreciation and a love for the game, and the day that I don't have it, I should never be in this business again, right? So I still have that sense of wonder and I still love it. But the days come when I'm in the middle of a freaking four hour game and I'm like, oh God, please be over. Like, really? You're going to do another pitching change? I hate you, Aaron Boone. So <laughs> things like that do happen. Right. And I don't think that you'll ever hear that from anyone ever again. If anyone dares to complain about a baseball game, I think we're all going to give them a nice reminder of what happened in April. I mean, at the end of March and April of 2020. Oh, right, that's, and, that's really good. To say. And, the, and the story itself obviously covers a lot of ground, but I'm wondering, is there anything that perhaps didn't make the story that you would have liked to include it and you feel like should have been shared? Uh, anything that stood one out? Of the interesting things, I actually don't know because I didn't, <laughs> it, it was very long. I don't blame you guys if you don't read it. Oh, it's okay. <laughs> a lot of guys just went to the manager they like and just read his post. So, and they're like, <laughs> And they're like, who the hell is Jay Stingler? <laughs> well, you got, you got so They skipped Jay Stingler because they don't know him. My dear friend, Jay Stingler, the new manager for the San Diego Padres. So what is this? Oh, upgraded meaning. Sorry, I just saw that too. Me yeah. Zoom, Zoom <laughs> I just saw that too. Zoom had a 40 limit time limit, but they extended us. Thank you, Zoom. There we go. <laughs> Thank you, Zoom. But uh, Brian, one of the things that I loved, and I really, I think a part of it made this story. But one of the things that I loved was the Charlie Montoyo said, that if we have an abbreviated season, that it'll be really competitive. Because we always think of the teams, right? Like from the get-go, you think of the AL East and you think of the Rays and the Red, I'm sorry, and the Yankees, right? And mm -hmm. you think of the AL West and you think of only the Angels and the Astros. But usually the great teams in baseball don't really go ahead and don't take a big lead until the middle of the summer. And now with a shortened season, it's going to be interesting how a lot of teams could be competitive. Mm -hmm. And not only that, you're going to have a 29-man roster. So hence, you're going to play more with the openers. You're going to play more, right? You're, you're not going to depend on your starters as much. So all of a sudden, the teams with great pitching maybe don't have the advantages that you thought they did, right? The Cleveland Indians of the world, or, you know, or, or even the New York Yankees, except that now they're injured. But just display, and, and the Tampa Bay Rays, these teams that we think of are, you know, the big forces in baseball, may actually have competition. And I like that. I actually thought that that was a great idea because I'm sort of tired of the same teams always making the playoffs. So I love it when the Oakland Athletics make it. I love it when the Rays make it because it's exciting. And it'll be nice to actually see a race in the AL Central that is not, not you know, completely dominated by the Cleveland Indians. 
and then maybe the Detroit Tigers become com competitive ahead of time. Like, that'll be fun to watch. And watch the NL East, which is by far the hardest division, division. in baseball. By far. Yep. There is one team who probably has no chance of getting to the playoffs, and that's the Miami Marlins. Right. You know what? Now they do. They have a <laughs> yeah. bunch of young kids. You never know what they're going to do. So I thought that was really interesting from Charlie Montoya, Brian, that he went at length saying, this could be a fun season. And it's not definitely guaranteed. You know, they were already crowning the Yankees, as you guys know, back in January, how they were going to win the World Series after signing Garrett Cole. <laughs> Get ready. I don't know. I think that'll be interesting to watch. Well, that's that was going to lead me to the last baseball question I was going to ask you, Marley, which is um, before we had all this, before we went through this coronavirus pandemic, who did you have winning the World Series this year? I don't think I made my prediction because I usually make it at the end. We make it exactly the last week of March. Mm -hmm. But in the power rankings, I definitely had the Yankees at the top. You know, as everyone who knows me knows that my I I have no love for the Yankees. I know, I admit it. <laughs> I know that. So I, you know, I grew up around Yankee fans, and Yankee fans are terrible. So it's nothing against the team because they're lovely people. But Yankee right. fans are the worst. Yankee fans, Ohio State fans, and Notre Dame fans. All of you, you're the worst. That's pretty, <laughs> anyway. that's pretty accurate. That's pretty accurate. I, I, you guys I know what I mean. Like, they're no, very cocky. 27 champions. No, we know, we, know, we know what you mean. They, and they only saw a few of them. Yeah. There you even, go. That's true. That's won, true. But won. I think that um, that was one of the teams that I was looking out for. I think the pitching of the Tampa Bay race is ridiculous. Like, it's just so good. They're so talented, as well as the Indians, too. Even losing Trevor Bauer is still a great pitching yeah. team. But I thought the Angels are going to really make a, a deep run. I put in my top five in the power rankings. But I really thought the Yankees, especially now that we know that Chris Sale got Tommy John and how the Red Sox really can't compete, it's going to be interesting to see that. But, I mean, they were far superior, um, especially in hitting. And don't forget about the Astros. I mean, even now, mm. that's another team that benefits from the delay because Justin Verlander was also getting surgery, right? So now Justin Verlander is going to be healthy, and the Astros are still the Astros. Trash banging or not, I am one of the believers. I hope so. <laughs> I am one of the believers that that team could have won without the cheating without i the absolutely cheating. believe it okay it would have been better to find out if they yeah 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 <laughs> absolutely but i think that team is still spectacular so i would i i would have gone yankees rays astros and angels kind of up there and obviously i'm just talking about the al the nl come on it's the dodgers, dodgers. It was a dream yeah. for major league baseball because it was going to be yankees dodgers and this is going to happen again the Dodgers are ridiculous. Never count out the, the St. Louis Cardinals because the St. Louis Cardinals are they always a great team. Yep. The Milwaukee Brewers are an excellent team still. So I think those teams were still kind of getting involved. And whoever comes out of the NL East is going to be a horse. I mean, that what? division is so hard. Just imagine mm. all these guys. It is so hard. The yeah. Phillies are a great team. The Nationals are a great team. The Mets are a great team. And the Braves are a great team. Yep. So any of those teams can go. So it's yeah. really kind of interesting how the NL is a little bit harder to predict and the AL is sort of this top five. New podcast alert. Life coaches Marguerite Pierce and Lindsay Jackson are bringing a rich blend of laughter, love, and wisdom to their podcast, Necessity. The pod seeks to reestablish the basic tenets of self-love, self-confidence, goal accomplishment, and the ability to love life on your own terms. Necessity is available on all major podcast platforms, so grab a cup and listen up as two coaches are on a mission to shift perspective one sip at a time. One time for your mind, one time. One time for your mind, one time.
appreciate all the baseball stuff. We do a segment on the podcast now. Yes. It's called One Time for Your Mind. But what we decided to do today, since the three of us were all in New York, we have been quarantined. We've been responsible. We've been staying inside the house. But when you're staying in the house, you got to look at some things. You got to find some things to watch on the TV. So we want oh, I have to every- admit it now. <laughs> no, no, no. We want everybody to come up with a recommendation for the listeners. Oh, what yes. do you think is the number one show they should watch while on while quarantine? Oh, wow. What do you have? Oh, I love the show Fleabag. So Fleabag. it's especially mm. yeah, so Fleabag is on Amazon Prime. It is a really, really irreverent look at women who are single and looking for men out there. Huh. <laughs> and it's a really irreverent look at a girl who really doesn't have it all together. And it's like kind of like an unofficial heroine. So that's sort of my, uh, my girly advice. I don't know that that's a great show for men. I really don't think that you guys would really enjoy it. It sounds I interesting. I might check it out. Like it, out. It. <laughs> it sounds interesting. But, uh, but I think for everyone, if you haven't watched Sherlock on Netflix, watch it. Sherlock, Sherlock. is just fantastic. I think a lot of people have watched Sherlock already. Okay. But uh, it's one of my favorite shows. So just really love it. Brian, what Those are my two what? recommendations. Okay, two recommendations. Brian, what do you have? What's your quarantine I want to know. recommendation? Well, I, I, well, Dex, I was telling you about this earlier today, but Vice has this series that they brought back for season two called Dark Side of the Ring. I'm a big wrestling fan. Um, Usually, yeah, usually I want to pick something that's a little more uplifting, but this is just a little more real and sobering. The episode that just came out for this week was an episode on the wrestler New Jack who was one of the first aggressively black wrestlers of the 1990s who sort of made his mark by giving props to O.J. Simpson. You sold me. You sold me. I love it. And and he famously, like, everyone remembers the Rodney King riots from the 1990s. He famously did a reenactment of it in the reverse way, getting a whole bunch of black wrestlers. (laughs) I love it. Doing it in the South. I love reverend shows. I love it. Right, right doing it in the South in front of a whole bunch of white people. So it was very, uh, it was very ballsy to do this in 1994 yes. when all that was going on. So they documented that uh, New Jack is still alive and still with us. So he was able to tell his side of the story. And he was a very, um, a very colorful character in the ECW days. So I, I recommend it. that. It's a 40, 45 minute watch. It's on Vice's Whoa. website right now. I think that it might be on YouTube as well by the time I'm saying this. So oh, I have to, I have to see this. Dex, can I, okay. I forgot to men- mention one. Yeah, sure. Go ahead, please. One. Oh, we yeah. Take- yeah, sure. One of the best things I've seen in a long time. There's a documentary on HBO called Macmillions. And it oh, is. I've heard about this. It is amazing. The last episode is a little bit of a letdown because you take a, a really yeah. big ride, but it's just getting there. And basically, which is something I didn't know, the Monopoly game at McDonald's that we all know and that Ooh, we all played rigged. was rigged uh-huh. the entire time and over $25 million were stolen. So it tells you the story of how that entire game and all the big prices were rigged. You never had a chance. So I that's been on my list of things to watch, Marley. So I'm glad you yes. said that. I'm glad you Fantastic. watched it and liked it because I've been wanting to watch it too. I was thinking of something. I, since we, everybody what? put up a doc, I have a documentary. I watched this on HBO a couple weeks ago. Really good. It's called Ladies of Troy. It's about the um, USC women's Trojan team in the late eight, excuse me, early 80s that, where Cheryl Miller played on. Oh, yeah. And Oh. If you if you really have not seen the story of Cheryl Miller and how great she was, I think a lot of people don't realize she's like the best women's basketball player ever. Right. It's a fantastic doc on the team. Cheryl, not Cheryl Swoops, uh, Cynthia Cooper also was on that team. Okay. Uh, it's a really good doc about women's oh, basketball. That sounds fantastic. Which always needs more respect to women's basketball. You know, I'm, I love basketball. Marley, you know that. Um, wow. 
So yeah, it's a really fantastic doc. Uh, it's about, I think a little bit over an hour. If people want to check that out. Yeah. Ladies of Troy, really oh, good. I'm doing that. These are, these are great recommendations, guys. See, I love them. We're, we're helping the people while they are sheltering. But we're here. We're here to help the people. We are here to yeah, help the exactly. people. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. We're here to help the people. Marley, we want to thank you for your time. Thanks I for know, having me. I know this is your first time. I don't have anything else to do. I'm stuck in here. <laughs> <laughs> I know it's your first time using Zoom, and I think you used it pretty well. Brian, did you, too. you did You did well. You did absolutely well. You did great. Marley, we want you to be safe uh, and you bring too, us the guys. great reporting that you continue to do around the sport of baseball. Um, Marley, we, I should tell you real quick before you go. Please. Before I'm, you go. I'm not going anywhere, Brian. Tell <laughs> <me>. <laughs> That's true. But before you go, what I was doing before this is I was working out and what I put on my TV, Show off. Yeah. Felix Trinidad, <laughs> Felix Trinidad versus Fernando Vargas. The full He's fight the, is on YouTube. Yeah, oh my God. I have this There's, awesome picture. I'm going to send it to you guys later. I have this awesome picture with Tito Trinidad. It's like really, really cool. Oh, really? Just like, because me, Felix, old, me and Tito right? have the same birthday. We both January 10th, me and Felix <laughs> Trinidad. That's, That's crazy. That's very cool. My childhood I am, as hero. you guys know, I'm much older than you guys. I'm 45. So my, um, when I was growing up, my boxer was uh, El Chapo Rosario. So actually, Tito is a little bit later for me, but my love of Tito Trinidad is, is just, as you, well, you guys know this, a lot of people don't know this, boxing was my first love. It was my favorite sport. I, yep. I am a, I'm Puerto Rican. We have Rican, to talk about so boxing. It was just, oh my God, I love boxing. And, and watching Tito Trinidad was just so fun. And Macho Camacho, like all those guys, that was such a, such a fun time. So uh, that would be a good documentary. Brian, get on that. Yeah, see, Brian, get on it. Well, you know what, Marley? <laughs> I have one more question for you because I noticed Please. on Twitter you have been, um, in the last couple of days, you were posting a lot of pictures oh, of yeah. some of your favorite stadiums. Yeah. And I think mm. you and I have talked about this before. Do you have a favorite? What's your favorite stadium? The one, PNC Park. Pittsburgh, it's PNC. Not even. Oh. That's the one I've been to. We've talked about With this. With no before. competition. I agree. It doesn't even go. have a competition. I, I haven't been. I got to go. I agree. I think it is the most beautiful. Yep. And it is not only, obviously, you guys know I'm Puerto Rican, so obviously I have this love of Roberto Clemente, and <laughs> Clemente on 21 is forever tied to Pittsburgh, and the right. Pittsburgh right field wall is 21 feet in honor of Clemente. Yep. So there's all these things on the Clemente Bridge, but just the view. It is wow. one of the most spectacular. Wow. A lot of people call, you know, a lot of people have San Francisco and, and AT&T Park or whatever it's named now. They keep changing yeah. the name. Yeah. So that, <laughs> that ballpark, people love it because you can see the bay, and the bay is absolutely stunning. But in this one, you can see this Pittsburgh City, skyline. skyline. You beautiful. see those three bridges, and it's just, it's one of the most beautiful things you'll ever see. Yeah, I used to enjoy my time going to games and sitting in the bleachers oh. in college. And then last, no, in the summer, I've been That's to right, there's a pit boy. Yeah, I've been to Pittsburgh <laughs> twice for work recently. And when I was there in the summer, it was late at night. I just took a walk by PNC, like in the back, by the right field wall. And I was looking at the view, and it's just... Ryan, you got to get to Pittsburgh. You can do I that. This is one of the yes. great things, Ryan, that you have yep. the river walk. Yep. And you can go all the way to Heinz, right? So you yep. can actually you can walk go to where stadiums. the Steelers play. And it's like just, and it's so beautiful. And just, and of course, there's Fremonte. I mean, you can get sandwiches. Like, yep. it's just, how can you not <laughs> love Pittsburgh? You go get some subs. You go to PNC Park. It's just beautiful. I mean, yeah, it really it is. is just, it's, it's a beautiful place. I have a lot of ballparks that I really love for different reasons, but I think no one touches PNC Park in any way. I happen mm. to, I happen to, for what I've seen, you've been to more than me, Marley, but from what I've seen. I've been to all of them. Yeah. Then, um, <laughs> it, it's, it's good. You have been all. That's right. Um, yes, I have. It's good. And thanks to Marley. Marley got me to Camden Yards. And also we went Minute Maid Park. Gorgeous we were, ballpark. We together. Yeah, both gorgeous ballparks that I had never seen. So 
thanks to you, I got to see some other ones. Marley, thank you so much for your time. We appreciate you again. Please keep up the great work. We love thank everything you, guys. you do. I know Brian does. We're very proud of you always. And I know a lot of Latino people and players also very proud of you. So thank you guys. I'm so thankful for you guys having me. Finally, I could stop talking to Eric Poland, which is all I do for the last 14 days. <laughs> no, nah, man. Finally, it's so nice to see somebody else's face. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, Eric gets Eric gets to see a lovely face back now. That's Marley Rivera, the great senior uh, baseball writer for ESPN and ESPN.com. That's it for episode 118 of the Ain't Hard to Tell podcast. I'm Dexter Henry, Brian Fonseca, and for the great Marley Rivera. Until next time, guys. Peace.